0: at LuckyLandSlots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. terms and conditions supply.
2: How would you like a 15% discount to my daily email? The stack of stuff, the show notes, discounts to the conference, all of that. All you need to do is text the word show to 33777. You'll get the annual subscription with a 15% discount to my daily email. You'll get the stack of stuff, the links to the show notes, discounts to the conference, and so much more. All you have to do is text the word SHOW, S-H-O-W, to 33777. Text SHOW to 33777. Welcome
3: to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 1. Well,
2: well, 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 well. The turn screws. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the United States. We didn't get blown away by the tornadoes this morning. The kids are out of school today. It's like Christmas around here. Nobody's in the office except me. Everybody's kids are at home. Weather was so bad this morning. It had tornadoes and hail and flooding. And it was it was a little scary there for a little while here in the office. And the kids got to stay home. They got to sleep in. I had to get up this morning. The house was quiet. Usually I'm the last one up. Nope, not today. Oh well. Welcome. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, delighted to have you. Obviously, we got lots of big, big news. However, before I get to that news, I do want to mention something in passing uh for those of you who are listening. Uh, on, uh, WRD out of Greenville, you've got a lot of severe thunderstorms, uh, in your area and you've got lots of flash flood alerts in your, I mean, the whole place is riddled with flash flood alerts, uh, South of Greenville though, you got severe thunderstorms, uh, down to Lawrence and Clinton, South Carolina, all the way up the Eastern seaboard. You're gonna have terrible weather today. Uh, get ready. Those of you up in Connecticut, laughing at the rest of us, it's coming for you and y'all have already had the winter storm. Uh, Those of you over in in, uh, Pinehurst and the like, you're you're Southern Pines. You're going to get the storms here in a little while. It's just bad, y'all. Those of you on the West Coast listening, I'm sorry to complain about the weather this morning, but it's bad all the way up the eastern seaboard. The Appalachians are just getting flooded today. Major, major weather. Okay, huge story. It is notable to me. So Donald Trump's lawyer is in court today arguing that the president can't be prosecuted because he has absolute immunity while he's president, that argument is going to be rejected. I could just tell you, listening to the judges this morning, it's going to be rejected. But overnight, a huge story broke in the Georgia case, and what's so notable about it is the Wall Street Journal covered it. But hardly any other major media outlet has covered it. I've had the TV on, flipping back and forth, different news networks. Other than Fox, it's not getting covered. And it is a huge huge deal that could actually end the case against Donald Trump and his defendants in the state of Georgia. Ashley Merchant is a well-respected Georgia attorney. Uh, you know, one of the problems that Donald Trump has had is that Donald Trump just can't get good lawyers. Uh, he, he has to essentially get DUI lawyers to handle his criminal case and the like, just not good lawyers and experienced lawyers because no good, competent criminal defense attorney wants to represent a guy who can't shut up. I mean, some of the most prominent attorneys in the country who went to bat for Donald Trump have left his case because he has no self-control. He gets on True Social, and he says stuff. Like, for example, in the Jack Smith case in Washington, D.C., Donald Trump's lawyer has submitted a report about the fraud from 2020 and how the election was stolen to show that Donald Trump really believed this stuff. There's a problem. One of the people in the report who Donald Trump paid to disprove the election and and to show that the election was was stolen actually changed his mind upon review of the evidence and notes on the record in the Washington Post that a number of the claims Donald Trump is making in court in Washington, D.C. were thoroughly debunked, including disproven by Donald Trump's own expert. Whether you think the election was sold or not, this is the relevant point to focus on here, is that the claims Trump is raising in court about the 2020 election are ones that were thoroughly debunked. You can say there are other ones, but the ones he's specifically raising are ones that even his own expert says aren't true. That's a problem. Donald Trump does not have the best legal counsel around him anymore, in large part because he can't shut up and, and he doesn't pay his bills. Ashley Merchant doesn't represent Donald Trump. Ashley Merchant is a distinguished lawyer in Georgia, great rating, highly thought of by her colleagues, and she represents Michael Roman. Michael Roman was an opposition researcher in 2020. Well, Bonnie Willis, the prosecutor in Georgia, probably should not have indicted the opposition researcher because they got the opposition research on her. Among the salacious allegations is that the special counsel his name is Nathan Wade. He met with the White House counsel in Washington about the case. That's right. He actually has a reimbursement. Yep. Uh-huh. He has a, a reimbursement. Donald Trump, The the prosecutor, the special prosecutor, Nathan Wade, Filed a reimbursement for a couple thousand dollars for a meeting with the White House counsel to discuss the case. It looks more and more like Joe Biden's team did coordinate this prosecution in Georgia. Why else is he seeking reimbursement for a meeting with the White House counsel about this case? Looks like some level of coordination. That's a pretty big one, and it's not being covered by the national media today. Also, Ashley Merchant notes that Nathan Wade has no RICO experience. Now, RICO is racketeering Influence uh, Corrupt Organizations Act, and it is a an area of law that is very complex. I have actually practiced in this area. I've done a civil RICO case, and it really was the most complicated case. Now, I was the young lawyer. I had very experienced lawyers with me, and it was civil, not criminal, so the standard was less. The standard of proof was less, but it's very complex. Criminal RICO cases are very, very complex creatures. And Nathan Wade, the special prosecutor, has no RICO experience. This is Ashley Merchant. She's the undersigned counsel. She's talking about herself here. She says, undersigned counsel knows the special prosecutor and has researched his litigation experience. The research reveals that the special prosecutor has never tried a felony RICO case. The state of Georgia and the city of Atlanta had several lawyers who specialize in the prosecuting and defending RICO cases despite having access to these resources. Why would the district attorney instead appoint someone who has never tried a felony RICO case, particularly in a case with such national significance as this one? Why? Why would Fonny Willis, the prosecutor, hire a guy to prosecute a complex, multi-party RICO case who has no experience prosecuting or defending any RICO cases at all. Let me read you from the motion. The district attorney, this is from a legal filing by a well-respected attorney. This is not a fly-by-night DUI lawyer. This is a competent professional appellate lawyer writing this, quote, The district attorney chose to appoint her romantic partner, who at all times relevant to this prosecution, has been a married man. Admittedly, this is a bold allegation, considering it is directed to one of the most powerful people in the state of Georgia, the Fulton County District Attorney. Nevertheless. The district attorney's fame and power do not change the fact that she decided to appoint as the special prosecutor a person with whom she had a personal relationship and who is now leading the day-to-day prosecution of the case. Even assuming this type of nepotism might be forgiven in the abstract, a review of the amount of money that the special prosecutor has been paid by the district attorney and the personal activities of the district attorney and the special prosecutor during the pendency of this prosecution shed light on just how self-serving this arrangement has been. In fact, Ashley Merchant goes so far as to argue Willis and Wade, quote, have been engaged in an improper clandestine personal relationship during the pendency of this case, which has resulted in the special prosecutor and, in turn, the district attorney profiting significantly from this prosecution at the expense of the taxpayers. In other words... Fawny Willis been paying her boyfriend a whole lot of money, who in turn was using that money to take her on a whole lot of vacations, cruises, Napa Valley, other sorts of places. Okay, I can understand you're 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 at a meeting in Washington or New York, but you're taking you're taking your girlfriend, who's the district attorney, to Napa Valley or on cruises. In fact, by the way, if you read my substack today, I've got a link to this. If you text data to 33777, follow that firstly. You can read this for yourself. And at the bottom, I've got a link to the actual uh, motion. And Ashley Merchant writes it in a way that's very easy for uh, non-lawyers to understand. So Ashley Merchant is seeking dismissal of, and this is a quote, the criminal indictment in its entirety against Mr. Roman on the grounds that the entire prosecution is invalid and unconstitutional because the Fulton County District Attorney never had legal authority to appoint the special prosecutor who assisted in obtaining both grand jury indictments. As a result, both indictments contain structural errors and irreparable defects and should be dismissed in their entirety as to Mr. Roman. Now, what's notable here is that uh, Nathan Wade's been going through a divorce in Cobb County. The divorce record is sealed. There was no hearing. That's a very relevant fact. Because in Georgia, to seal a divorce record, you have to have a hearing. None was had, it was, it was sealed, so it has to come unsealed. I'm going to be stunned if the Atlanta Journal-Constitution or WSB News or someone can't get this divorce record unsealed in the next 48 hours. There was no hearing to seal the divorce record. It has to come unsealed. And also Ashley Merchant says she read the file and copied relevant documents before it was sealed. Tritons has only been sealed recently. Before that, it wasn't. And Ashley Merchant says she read it, she got documents from it, and she got witnesses who can prove that Fawny Willis and Nathan um, Wade were in a relationship, that they were having an affair They've been seen together around town. They've taken cruises together. He was a married man, and he was cheating on his wife with the district attorney who, without any experience in RICO, put him in charge of the prosecution of Donald Trump and paid him almost a million dollars, and then he spent lavishly on her. Now, remember... Don't say Fawny Willis can't make ethical lapses because she's already barred from investigating the lieutenant governor in Georgia, Bert Jones, because she did a fundraiser for his opponent while she was investigating him, and a judge barred her from ever investigating him and related to this matter. If this is proven, it could be thrown out. This whole case could be thrown out because one of the things Ashley Merchant points out is that given the amount of money to be spent and the commitment to the county— She was supposed to get permission from the county before she picked a special prosecutor. And she never did. Fawnee Willis never got county permission to hire the special prosecutor, her boyfriend, who she's paid almost a million dollars to. You want to say Donald Trump played by his own rules and outside the law and the process and did bad things looks like the prosecutor has as well looks like the prosecutor has and given the ethical breach if if the prosecutor was in a sexual relationship with a married man who she put in charge of the case without getting county permission and without revealing the conflict of interest this whole prosecution is too corrupt to proceed and has to be thrown out. You do this. Why do you do this if you're a judge? Because you have to penalize the prosecutors for that level of egregious unethical conduct so future prosecutors don't do the same thing. You throw out the case because you have to send the signal to prosecutors that that conduct is beyond the pale. Fawny Willis's conduct could just have cost her the prosecution of Donald Trump and her future electoral career by hiring her boyfriend who had no experience in this sort of law and paying him a lot of money and possibly not even getting the county's permission to hire him in the first place. And notice this story is not being talked about in the national press. If it was, if the shoe was on the other foot. This would be the story, not the argument that was made in court today about Trump and immunity, this, but instead because it so undermines the prosecution of Donald Trump in Georgia, bet you're only hearing
0: it here. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Greetings, conversationalists. It's Eric Erickson here.
2: The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, if you're just tuning in, salacious allegations in the Georgia case against Donald Trump that the prosecutor... Hired her boyfriend. She's having an affair with him. He was married. He's got no experience, and she paid him a lot of money, and then he bought her a lot of gifts and took her on vacations. It's – it's. listen, and again, the lawyer making these allegations is a competent attorney, a, a highly competent attorney. This is not a, a DUI lawyer uh, over her head like uh, is it Nathan Wade essentially is, having never done RICO before. No, this lawyer, Ashley Merchant, is a great trial and appellate lawyer, highly thought of by her colleagues and by um, members of the Professional Bar Association. So it's it's a bigger deal than uh, otherwise, and the fact the media doesn't even want to cover it is in and of itself telling, outside of the Atlanta Journal and the Wall Street Journal, you're not hearing about this situation. Just, uh, y'all, it really is remarkable. Now, The other thing is the case today, the argument that Donald Trump is making. Essentially, the argument that Trump made in the hypotheticals in federal court. So uh, you go before a three-judge panel. It was a a spread out. You had some some Bush appointees, Obama appointee in there. uh, And one of the questions asked was, if the president orders SEAL Team 6 to assassinate a political opponent, can the president of the United States be criminally prosecuted? Trump's lawyer made a, I think, a fatal mistake in the argument. He argued that assuming he was impeached and removed from office, yes. And in the argument, it implied that if if Congress took no action to impeach and remove him from office, then he could not be prosecuted even after he left office. Like there was no wiggle room, and, and he really couldn't do that because Trump was out of office. So the question is, can, can the president do something that is, is clearly illegal as president and get away with it? And, and his answer was yes, unless Congress impeaches and removes him from office. And I don't think that's going to fly with the judiciary. We don't have a king. We have a president. Now, we need to move on to, well, what's happening with the banking system out there. Y'all, Have you all heard about the, the underground turmoil with a lot of banks right now? They went into a lot of bonds to try to get a greater interest rate. As interest rates have come up now, their bonds are devalued. The, the Fed is starting to get worried that we're, we may start seeing further bank collapses. That's why Swiss America is trying to teach people about the secret war on cash and the assault on our freedoms and soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy and banks teetering on collapse. They want to help you protect your hard-earned assets. They want to do so now. You can go get the report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The all-out war on cash includes digital forms of currency. It's spreading daily. You need to read The Secret War on Cash. The EU banking minister today said they're going to start using digital currencies to control how you spend money. That's why you need to read reports like this, 800-289-2646. Call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646 or go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Message and data rates apply.
0: we where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hello
2: there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on the program, I am delighted to have you. I, my friends, want to play you some audio from TikTok. It is a general Zer complaining about her situation. I've listened to the audio multiple times. I'm still kind of, well, shocked by this tirade. Uh, and, and it it has a whole lot to do with just the cluelessness of this girl. And I don't mean to put her down. I don't want to give you her name. But just listen to some of this tirade from this gin's ear who's complaining about the rest of us and the world around her.
1: I cannot stand how the news has been dogging Gen Z and calling them lazy for not wanting to work a nine to five for the rest of their lives. Let me put it in perspective for everybody who's a little confused here, okay? I work five days out of the week, 40 hours a week, okay? I do not make enough to live on my own. I would not make enough to pay rent, water, electric, and eat all by myself. I would not be capable of doing that 20 years ago when you were getting started. You could live on your own 20 years ago when you first started, you were able to do everything that I am now struggling to do. Let me had another perspective here. You've been working for 20 years. You have 20 years of working experience behind your belt. You have 20 years of experience in a career that has allowed you to gain raises to get more money to profit you in an economy that you created. You can sit here and you can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but I've been working my tail end off just to barely make it by. And respectfully, I don't wanna do that for the rest of my life. I don't wanna work my tail end off wasting all of my life working just to barely be able to pay my bills.
2: I, I, I well, no, you know what? Let me, and let me introduce this what you out.
1: created, not Gen Z. We're just here getting started. You've been doing it for the last 20 years. You tell me how it got ruined. We can sit here and we can call Gen Z lazy all you want, but you let the economy turn into what it did. You let it all run to hell. And now it's Gen Z's fault because we don't want to work to fix your mistakes.
2: All right, young lady. Yeah, I'm going to call her young lady. Gen Z TikToker who works 40 hours a week at Walmart, who's in her own car, complaining she can't make ends meet, working at Walmart. Can anybody? I don't know her station in life, whether she has a college degree or not. But let me just put this in perspective for you. And this is one of my frustrations in life. You know, I make a lot of money now. I do. I, I admit it. Uh, I make enough money now that uh, when I go to, for example, I'll take friends of mine to Las Vegas. I pay for everything. I cover the airfare. I cover the hotel. Um, they, when we go out to dinner, I buy it cause I know I make a lot more money than any of my friends and God's been generous to me. I can be generous to other people. It's one of the things I've always prayed for when I was, when I was younger, so many people stepped up to help my wife and me when we couldn't make ends meet. And, and now I can do it for other people. I'm glad to, it's a way of giving back. But 20 years ago, she started about 20 years ago, you and in, in your life. Let me explain to you my life 20 years ago. And one of my frustrations is even, like, people in our family are like, oh, you have it so easy, and, and look at this person in the family who's struggling to get by. 20 years ago, my wife and I couldn't afford to go out to eat because we wouldn't have been able to buy formula for our child. My wife had to have a double mastectomy right after we got married because of, of breast cancer concerns. It was prophylactic. She, We had to have formula, and there were times – The power bill was so high, we couldn't afford to make ends meet and buy formula for the kid. 20 years ago, I had to shop at Goodwill because I couldn't afford to go buy clothes at the department store. 20 years ago, I had a car. The windows were held up with duct tape. 20 years ago, our utility bill one month was so high because it was so cold that month in our house that we were renting, was so terribly insulated that our gas bill was $600 and we had to live on beans and rice for a month because we couldn't afford to pay it. I had to defer my student loan payment to be able to pay the gas bill for the house. When you look at someone right now my age who is, I've got a great job, I make good money, my wife is able to stay home. You know, when my wife, because of her health, decided she was going to stay home with the kids, given her health situation, she kind of needed to. I was working three jobs so that my wife could stay home with the kids. When my wife and I first got married, I was a lawyer out of law school and couldn't afford to buy a suit combined. My wife and I couldn't afford to pay all of our bills. We were living in a rental house. My wife, her grandmother died. She got an inheritance and we were able to put a down payment on a house. And thankfully the monthly payment on the house was less than the rent we were paying before. But we struggled the obliviousness of this young lady to think that no one before her has had to struggle like her. And she can say, well, inflation today, you know, in, in the 1970s, before I was born, you have the Carter administration, the Ford administration, you have interest rates, you you have the, the, the long lines at the gas stations. The minimum wage was $2.30. There was inflation. And a lot of people, like some of the responses to me about this girl on social media were, well, you weren't paying $1,000 a month and adjusted for inflation back to the 1970s in plenty of places. The same situation was at stake. The same situation was at play. This is nothing new, and this girl, oblivious and her generation, thinks that it's all new under the sun, nothing like – we haven't experienced anything like she's experiencing, oh, woe is me. By the way, you're working 40 hours a week. Go get a second job. Go get a second job. You're working 40 hours a week. I was working 80 hours a week as a lawyer, not making ends meet. No, I don't have sympathy for her. I really don't, because I live that life, and she thinks you live this life like me. <laughs> yeah, you you walk around your house with with the the lights turned off all the time because you can't afford the power bill. Because you got to buy formula for your kid. You're going. You're coming up with excuses to get out of meetings because you can't afford to put gas in your car to go to the meetings. I live that life. I, I worked for a law firm, and it was a great law firm, and they would do trips, and occasionally we'd go to town, and I would come up with the creative excuses to avoid going on the trips because I couldn't afford to go on the trip. I couldn't afford to go to the restaurants to eat. I actually had a lawyer that I worked with. His parents and his wife's parents had both been bankers. And the joke was that essentially it was a merger of banks when he and his wife got married. He literally told me his advice to me when I was in this young lady's position was just go get credit cards and put it all on credit cards because you will make enough money in your life as a lawyer that you'll be able to eventually pay off the credit cards. Sounded like terrible advice to me at the time, and I did not take his advice, and I'm glad I didn't. But that was his advice. I hope she doesn't do that. But I just I get so infuriated by people who will look at someone like me and, and think, oh, well, you must have always been wealthy. You must have always had this. No. No, I had to do the ramen noodle thing too, except I hated ramen noodles. So it was dried beans soaked overnight, put on the stove with some bacon fat and rice. By the way, I still actually like beans and rice. But it was very cheap. Soaked the beans overnight. Boil them with some bacon fat in the water so they get some flavor, put it on rice. It's it's a good meal, it's a cheap meal. You don't have to go eat out. Sometimes you have to make sacrifice. She doesn't wanna make the sacrifice it seems. And to complain she's working 40 hours a week at Walmart, you know what, you can go get a better job. Or did you not go get a college degree? Did you not go advance your education? Do You just wanna complain. There are too many people who want to be victims, and this is an example of the problem a lot of kids have these days, and I've tried to work on my kids with this, is to be a victim is a choice. There are a lot of people today who want to be victims. There are a lot of people in politics who want to be victims. There are a lot of people who are supporters of the front runners for the presidential nomination on both sides who view themselves as victims, victims of government, victims of the man, victims of other people, victims, and they want someone to carry out their retribution because they've been a victim. You being a victim is a choice. You choose to be a victim. Bad things may happen to you and bad things may come from other people to you. You may be a victim of a bad person. But you to identify as a victim is a choice. You to wrap and define your victimization into who you are is a choice. Your willingness to hang on to the bad things is a choice. And then when you do that, you want to, everybody else wants to bail out. I, I need the government to take care of me. You know what? And by the way, young lady, I bet you hate Donald Trump. Donald Trump's economy wasn't like this. It's Joe Biden's economy, and I bet you supported him. It's the Democrats and the inflation that got you in this economy that you're complaining about, and I bet you support them. Now I bet you want more government bailout and more government spending that will drive up more inflation. I bet your policy solutions will actually make the situation work for you as opposed to you take charge of your own life, embrace self-reliance, and go get a second job or humble yourself and live with your parents or get roommates. Get roommates. Most of my friends at that age had roommates. They weren't living by themselves. The ones who were living by themselves were in tiny apartments. The idea that this is all new and and you've never experienced it and life is so unfair now and it's everybody else's fault you're embracing not only an ignorance about the past, which you don't think seems to matter, you're embracing the idea that you yourself are a victim of something. And because you're a victim, you see no obligation on your part to try to get yourself out of the situation. I tell my kids all the time now, I've heard this from Chick-fil-A operators and, and others, that it is the hardest thing with Gen Z these days is to find a kid who just shows up, says yes sir, yes ma'am, does what they're told, figures it out if they don't know, and works, and doesn't feel entitled to anything. In fact, a buddy of mine who's a Chick-fil-A operator said the best advice he can give to kids these days is show up early, stay late, and work the whole time. And if you can just show up a little early, stay a little late, and work hard the entire shift, you're gonna get promoted and start making money quick as opposed to getting in your car and doing TikTok videos about how unfair it is. Lady, I have lived that unfair life. I have been embarrassed to go to meetings because I didn't have the nice suit. I had to shop at Goodwill. My wife and I were hungry because the kid needed formula and so we had to cut back on what we wanted to eat. I had to drive the car with the windows held up by duct tape. I have lived that life. I'm very blessed that I don't have to live that life now. I live in perpetual fear that one day something will work out badly and I will have to go back to that. I never chose to see myself as a victim. I chose to see it as the starting point in life and better because of it. I didn't have social media back then to complain about the circumstances. And I wouldn't have complained then because I was starting out. Life's not fair. Life is hard. You sweat, you work, and then eventually you die. Your feelings don't matter. Nobody cares about your feelings. They care about your work ethic. And maybe instead of sitting in your car doing TikTok videos, go work an extra shift at Walmart, you'll get a promotion. But instead, you wish to, you actively chose to identify yourself as a victim. And that makes a whole lot of life calculations moving forward even harder. Now, while you're out there thinking about these financial things, you should think about who you're banking with. As these financial things come to bear for you and for your kids, you want a good bank relationship, a bank that's going to be around, and you should use my bank, Old Glory Bank. Old Glory Bank are good people, they're good conservatives, and they're actually very friendly to conservatives because, you know, like for example, banks these days, some of them, if you're a gun store, your gun manufacturer, they don't want your banking business, and in some cases, they'll close your bank. Old Glory Bank's not going to do that because they share your values. There's a headquartered out of Oklahoma. They actually bought a bank in Oklahoma. As opposed to starting something new, they bought an existing reputable bank. They rebranded it at Old Glory. They're spreading around the nation. You can get checking, you can get savings, you can get competitive rates. They literally are my bank, and they are good people. Their online banking is phenomenal. It really is good. Uh, and, I mean, everything about this bank is – I love Old Glory Bank. I'm so delighted they're advertising with me. I've got a check-in and a savings account – With old glory bank i'm getting my kids set up with their bank accounts um you get a debit card the debit card is actually probably the prettiest debit card you'll get of any bank in the country um i mean they're just they're good people and it's a great bank and they got great rates and you should start you want a bank where you can use them all around the country but it still has that personal feel to it old glory bank is what you're looking for it's oldglorybank.com oldglorybank.com they really want your business And I'm telling you, you really want to do business with them. I love my (laughs) bank. I'm effusive with praise for a bank of all things. There are so many garbage banks out there. I actually love my bank. uh, And I love the people who work at my bank. And they're so helpful. Eight minutes or less, you can set up an account with them. Don't take my word for it. Go do it yourself. Oldglorybank.com.
0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're in business and your business is growing and you're buying a building or building a building or you're buying a franchise, deals like that, your bank's giving you the runaround. Reach out to First Liberty. They might be able to help you. They make their own lending decisions. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. All right. I want to take Paul's phone call here. Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, Eric. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I just wanted to uh,
3: kind of go over uh, with this Gen Z-er people. Um uh, mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm 75 years old. I've got a good retirement from one of the major companies in Atlanta. My wife does the same thing, and believe it or not, we get a, a good retirement, Social Security, and we're still working because that's the way we want to live. And good for uh, you. it's just it's amazing the way these people are nowadays. Uh, I own my own business. Uh, I wash toilets at night. Is what I do. But if I try to find somebody to do some work, they don't want to do that kind of work.
2: Hmm. So, yeah, you I, know, I, I, Paul, I got to tell you, and, and I don't want to talk over here, but this is like why we have this massive immigrant labor population in the country, too, because it's not that jobs Americans will do. It's that Americans don't want to do the job at the price point that makes it economical. And so we rely yeah. on on immigrants in this country in a lot of places to do what you're doing.
3: Yeah. And see, I pay. I, I've got a couple of uh, single moms that work for me. At night, you know Mm -hmm. what I pay them? $25 an hour. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and they've been with me for 10 or 12 years. But the fact of the matter is, uh, there's an old saying that you have to make things happen for yourself because they're not just going to fall in your lap. Right. So you got to get out there and and
2: work and and hustle and and live the way you want to. I look, that's well said. It's common sense. It is. I got to leave you there, Paul. Thank you very much for that. Uh, You're right. 75 and still working. I want to be like Paul. I I love my job. I hope that this show continues to grow year over year. And when I'm 75, I still want to be doing the show five days a week because I love it. I mean, maybe things will change between now and then, but my goodness, I would love to still be doing this job when I'm in my 70s just because I love it. And retirement would be bad for me. I mean, I'd I'd be six feet under in in a week if I didn't have anything to do. I'd be bored out of my mind, and my wife would shoot me. (laughs) All right, when we come back, we've got lots of other news, including the situation with Boeing and the 737-9 Max. I never want to fly on one of these planes.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?